AuthenticToyota.com to see their inventory and specials. This offer cannot be combined with other offers and discounts. It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston, or if you're listening on Sunday night, AM 1260 WBIX. My name's John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. Uh, We'll talk more about Saturday morning and the weekend and all kinds of things in just a bit. Um, But um, come October, uh, in fact, October 1st, uh, there is a a good chance— that when you go get your car inspected, that there will be uh, a new inspection program. And that new inspection program is um, is going to change things a little bit. So come October 1st, the state inspection program is going to change. And there's a, But there's a lot of information about what's going on with the new inspection program. So to help clarify that, uh, with us on the phone is the Registrar of Motor Vehicles, Erin uh, Devaney. Erin, good morning, and welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Well, there is a new inspection vendor coming up, and there's going to be a little bit of differences in the shops, but is the program really going to change? Motorists should not see any change in the program. Both the Registry of Motor Vehicles and the State Department of Environmental Protection oversee the inspection program, and the purpose of the program remains the same. We want to make sure that there are safe cars that are not polluting our environment that are on the roadways. But if your car is in the same condition and the shape it was in the last time you got it inspected, when you go to the new inspection program, there's not going to be a difference to the motorist. So they should not be any worry or inconvenience to car owners. So if you were following the rules and your car was in good condition a year ago and you've maintained it and it's still in good condition and the check engine light's off and it's running the way it should, and the tires are in good shape, and the suspension's in good shape, and the exhaust is in good shape, the car's going to pass, right? Absolutely. Massachusetts motorists are lucky. We've got over 1,762 licensed inspection stations all across the Commonwealth. These are businessmen and women of all shapes and sizes. It's your car dealership. It's your local garage that you've worked with for years. And these are people that the registry has worked with, in most cases, for for a number of years. They know the inspection process. They do the inspections correctly. And we're just giving them some new equipment so that they can continue to provide this service to motorists. Right. And in the Boston Globe recently, someone asked me about that. And and I said, as far as I know, the program isn't isn't going to change, and I think part of it came from one of the uh, uh, automotive hobby associations said, oh, you know, it's going to ruin the old car hobby somehow, but if those old cars passed a year ago, they're going to pass now, right? 
Absolutely. The big difference in the program is that Massachusetts is following the industry trend of adding video and camera equipment to the program. What this is going to do is make sure the motorists get the inspection that they deserve, that they're not being subjected to an inspector who would encourage them to get a repair that's not necessary. It also protects the inspector in case the vehicle does have to fail for any reason and the vehicle owner is upset. The inspector can demonstrate if there's any questions that they've done the inspection correctly, but the cameras aren't going to replace your local inspector. Your local inspector who knows the requirements, which have not changed as to how a vehicle can pass the inspection, will go through. They still have the same judgment, and so it's not a situation that the cameras are taking over. We're still relying upon our network of licensed stations and inspectors to do the job that they've been doing all along. So this isn't Skynet from the Terminator or anything? (laughs) <laughs> not, at, not at all. Well, the registry does embrace 21st century technology, and we're using to be able, we're working to be able to use it more. We still, in the inspection industry, rely upon your local licensed inspector to do the job for you. That's right. And you know, one of the things I, I read was uh, something about well, if your car doesn't have the factory exhaust system on it, it's not going to pass. And that that rule has has never been the case. If it has a loud, obnoxious exhaust system on it and the inspector thinks it's loud, well, then it's not going to pass. But that's but it has nothing to do with whether it's the factory or not. It just has whether it's loud and objectionable, right? Absolutely. What it's going to, the inspection program is going to make sure that individuals have equipment on their vehicles that meet the current requirements. And again, the registry and DEP have not changed the requirements for what will make a vehicle pass for safety or emissions purposes. So as long as the equipment on the vehicle meets the same standards the last time the vehicle was expected, it's inspected, it will continue to pass the inspection process. Yeah, and I was at one of the um, inspection meetings back a couple months ago when all this was being talked about, and it said once, and the folks there uh, were saying that once everybody's up and comfortable with the equipment, uh, the typical motorist in the Commonwealth can expect maybe another couple of minutes at best um, to get the inspection done. Is that what you've been hearing uh, from your folks out in the field? What we've done is we're providing a free orientation training session for the new inspection equipment to our licensed inspectors. Um, There has to be one licensed inspector at each licensed station that has undergone this mandatory orientation so that the stations can do the inspections and use the new equipment as of October 1st. While the inspectors may be getting used to the new equipment, we don't anticipate that motorists will see long lines based upon what we've seen happen in other states using this technology, and also, again, because the inspection requirements aren't changing, it's the same points of inspection that the inspectors have been doing right along with the program. Yeah, and it really, it, we, look at, we look at all of these things, and we look at everything, everything that's going on, and of course, the other question that always comes up, and the other rumor that always comes, oh, the inspection is going to cost a lot more money now. No, nothing about that either. The inspection is still going to be the $35 it's always been, right? Absolutely. We, the Massachusetts, uh, the inspection price 
from October of 99 until July of 2014 was $29. There was a modest increase in July, in July of 2014 to $35. And that's the price that customers are going to pay as of October 1st as well. So while there is a slight increase to the inspection industry for this new equipment, they'll be able to have that equipment throughout the life of the program and be able to recoup their investment from the revenue that they get per inspection. And, you know, let's talk about the inspection for just a minute. The inspection is really designed to help every motorist on the road keep their car safe. Now, certainly a, a yearly inspection uh, isn't the answer to everything, but I, as somebody who used to do inspections a long time ago, you would see cars that came in for their annual inspection with, you know, steering components that were, you know, literally falling off the car, bald tires, badly matched tires, uh, cars that were unsafe to be on the road. And that's what this is. This is about trying to keep the motorists who owns the car safe as well as the rest of the motoring public on, on the roads of the Commonwealth, right? That's absolutely correct. If you're like me, you get in your car every morning, you turn the key, and you always hope that the car is going to respond. But the inspection process is meant to take a look at that vehicle. And primarily, it's meant to be safe for the people who are driving it and the people who are riding in that vehicle. Things happen to vehicles as they age, and so the inspection can really be a motorist's best friend to let them know if there's something that's going on that they need to have repaired so that they can stay safe and not run into a, ter a terrifying or a dangerous situation while they're driving on the roadways. And from the Clean Air Act perspective, we also want to make sure that vehicles that are out there that are polluting and contaminating the environment get the repairs that they need because it's a, we only have one environment and we need to make sure that vehicles aren't doing unnecessary damage to it. That's right. And so just to kind of reiterate, if you own a new car, the inspection is going to be the same as it always was. If you own an old car or an antique car, the inspection is not changing for that either. Um, if your car passed a year ago it's going to, and, it's, and it's still maintained in the same good condition, it's going to pass today. Absolutely. We have the same number of inspection stations that are licensed and have signed up for the new program. Motorists will con be, continue to be able to rely upon those stations that they've used to get their inspections done. And a good, well-maintained vehicle will continue to pass because those requirements haven't changed. So we anticipate that this will be a seamless transition for motorists come October 1st. And if people want more information about this, then they, can they go to the RMV website, or is there going to be a new website for the inspection program? Um, there is actually a website um, that is available, and it also gives information not only for the motoring public, for any inspection station or inspector as well, and it is massvehiclecheck.state. Dot ma dot us. That'll give you all the information, including if you need help finding your closest, most convenient inspection station. And if someone does think there's an issue that maybe inspectors being a little bit, uh, a little bit too judgmental, is there a, a, a mechanism to try to help them with that too? 
We as part of the program have motorist assistance centers, and so if a customer is upset and feels that they didn't get the inspection that they needed or they have concerns about how they were treated as part of the inspection, they can check the website at massvehiclecheck.state.ma.us, get information how they can either contact the registry or go to one of those motorist assistance centers and get some help and ask to make sure that the inspection that they received is the one that they deserved. Perfect. I remember even, uh, you know, years ago when there was a transition from the single green and white license plate to the to the two-plate system, some of the inspectors were under the misunderstanding that the green and white plate had to go away. And, again, that's how sometimes this misinformation happens. So you go to where the, the information is there, and you can, you know, you have, you're prepared when you go in if you think there's anything. I mean, it, so, it sounds to me my one of my cars is due to be inspected this month in September. Um, it, it's almost one of those things. Like, I almost wish it was October just to, just to try out the new system. But, you know, 13 months from now I'll be able to do it again. Absolutely, and while we anticipate that there will be no problems for motorists on October 1st, at that point the program will be well underway, and all of these issues and concerns will have have been taken care of for the public because we're confident that we have a very competent, qualified, licensed inspection network, and they're going to continue to do the great job for our shared customers as they always have. Perfect, and and again, I just want to... uh, Thank you for being on the program, and again, our relationship with with the Registry of Motor Vehicles and AAA has always been great. Every time I turn around, there's another office that's coming online to be able to do registry services, so it's been a great relationship for for us, and uh, and, uh, thank you for uh, letting us us be a partner with that. AAA has been a great partner not only for the registry, but for all of those customers and AAA members that we, we serve, and we look forward to expanding and having all AAAs in Massachusetts being able to offer registry renewal services by the end of 2017, so there's more help, more service for our customers to come. Erin, as always, thank you for taking time out of your Saturday morning and joining us here in Boston on the Car Doctor Program. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. You too. That was Aaron Devaney from the Registry of Motor Vehicles. Why don't we take a quick break, pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We will be back in just a couple minutes. through August, Sullivan Tire presents the sizzling summer tire sale. Save big on quality name brand tires for all makes and models. Buy three, get the fourth tire free on all Yokohama tires. Or buy one and get the second at half off. You can save up to $140 when you buy four Continental tires. Thousands of tires on sale at sizzling hot prices. And check out our new redesigned website, SullivanTire.com to make an appointment for tires or the best auto service in the industry. Sullivan Tire, proud partner of the Boston Red Sox. Retiring today is very complicated. There are far more choices than when I was growing up in Ireland. I'm Mark Roulette, founder of South Shore Retirement Services. We create custom plans to make sure you have enough money to retire, the balance of your investments continue to grow, and your estate will be passed to your loved ones. 
Don't let your retirement plan be more about your advisor's needs than your needs. We don't sell products. We provide individual solutions. 781-836-4214 or visit SouthShoreRetirementServices.com. You're welcome to join me at one of my free educational workshops, Strategies to Maximize Your Social Security. We'll address recent changes to the Social Security law and how they may impact you and your spouse. For a free consultation or to join me at one of our educational workshops, please call South Shore Retirement Services, 781-836-4214 or visit SouthShoreRetirementServices.com. That's 781-836-4214 or visit SouthShoreRetirementServices.com. A couple of months ago, I was out at the mall when out of nowhere, this guy backs up and wham. Don't worry, everyone was okay, but my car was totaled and insurance wouldn't cover it. So I'm a busy guy and I need a new car and I don't have time to shop for loan rates. Thanks to City of Boston Credit Union, I didn't have to. For rates and terms, visit cityofbostoncu.com. Equal opportunity lender. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. W-R-O-L Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Who's gonna drive you home tonight? Who's gonna pick you up when you fall? And welcome back to The Car Doctor program on AM 950 W-R-O-L, The Spirit of Boston. I have some tickets to the Heritage uh, Gardens and Museum. The problem is they're only good till October 9th, and I'm not going to be able to mail them out this week. So if you want them, you're going to have to come to the radio station and pick them up. And I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. First we'll, first we'll ask Karen, do you want any? In sandwich. Do you want to take kids? Sure. Okay. So there's three for you. So that leaves us with four. So I have four tickets left to the Heritage Museum and Gardens. Great car museum, great flowers, great. There's all kinds of all kinds of things, and you just have to call and ask for them. So I have a few of those. Oh no, it's Johnny Costello sneaking in the studio. Hmm. Who knows what that's all about? I am on here. Oh, no, it's, okay. Yes, just I'm on here. I'm on here, just like uh, just like uh, it's a real radio station. And everything, yeah, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Vintage Car Day. Speaking of uh, museums and such, Vintage uh, Era Car Day is going to take place October 21st from 10 to 2, and that is going to be at the Lars Anderson Auto Museum, and that's at 15 Newton Street in Brookline, and. Um, there's uh, it's two events in one unique venue. It says here, but right now let's talk to Tom on line one. As soon as, let's see, almost. 
Almost. They're talking to each other. There's things going on. Let's talk to Tom on line one. Tom. Let's see. Hello. There we go. There we go. We just had to push the phone button. It's like this. All one. right. It's like it's the first time we've ever been here. That's all right. Uh, I'm here. Uh, John, question for you. I, I picked up an old Jeep, and I was going through the spark plugs. It's a V8. Yep. One of the spark plugs is not the same as the other plugs. Let's say they have an inch-long thread. Yep. One one is like out of a, a lawnmower, a little shot. Really? You know, thread on it, which is kind of weird. Only one. So I just figured I'd ask you, before I put a plug in the head, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't something internally, and they did that intentionally, you know, or I just didn't have another plug and threw it in there. Yeah, I, I kind of I think it might be that, or else they got real. Was it, was it a really awkward one to get to? No, oh, no, you know, no. it's 70, it's 70, yeah. it's easy. Yeah, so, uh, uh, who, who knows, who knows? Um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was just wondering yeah. if maybe, you know, sometime when you were a mechanic, you said, yeah. oh, yeah, there was a problem with this engine, if well, for some reason the, they... Yeah, the only thing that you might run into, though, is if all the other spark plugs have, like, a one-inch long thread, right. and this one has a half-inch long thread, the threads might be all carboned up, so... If you try to wind the spark plug in there, you may find it starts to bind up as it starts to go into the area yeah. of the threads that uh, haven't had a spark plug in it in a long time. No, actually, I think they've been changed a lot. There was anti-seize on them. They came out easy. They oh, worked. okay. Everything is like, like couldn't be better, okay. <laughs> you know? Just All right. That, just that funny little thing there. And yeah. I'm like, well... You no, know, maybe no. some trick of a mechanic on no, you know, the old No, days no, no, it, it, you know, it was probably, I don't know, maybe they dropped one and broke it and they stuck one, in the, stuck an old one in. Who knows, who knows what could have happened. And yeah, like, that's and like, And like you said, it's an old Jeep, so. Right. You don't know, so, so. The next question is on oil. Now, I'm doing some research, and it's a 74, and there was some designation that seemed to be important about SE. It was some additive in there for those motors that a lot of oils don't have today. You familiar with that? Well, there's there's a, there's additives for some of the older engines that have um, it has a zinc additive. That's it. Yeah. Yes. And it depends on how you're going to drive it. You know, if you're going to drive it every single day and um, you can actually get a zinc additive and there are some oil companies that actually have that zinc additive in it. Um, right. But, you know, if you're going to drive it, you know, once or twice a week, uh, right. I don't think I'd, I wouldn't be wor too worried about it. Yeah, what no, it has. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, what it has to do is it lubricates it lubricates the uh, the uh, rockers and and lifters and and push rods and that's what it's for. So it's. Um, but if you look if you look on if you look on the shelf, especially towards like performance oils, you'll you'll see you'll see the the ones that have I don't know it's ZD additive or something. And you can also yeah. buy and you can also buy the additive separately too. Right. Yeah, but I think I mean, how many? How, how old is this? Nineteen seventy-four. Yeah, and uh, and what kind of shape is it in? The engine's good. Yeah, the engine yeah. Sounds yeah. very good. Yeah. Uh, what, what's it? What, what's it supposed to use? Like ten forty oil or something? From what I could check, it said you know in the winter maybe ten thirty and then yeah. standard uh, ten forty yeah. to get yeah. you know go with either one. The yeah. reason why I was asking because I was just in AutoZone and they had this clearance and they had this. Uh, you know, one of the big brand names, yeah, uh, yeah. because of the one there. And it was, they wanted to get rid of them. They were five bucks for a whole five quads. Yeah, so, yeah. 
I'm like, well, you know, I'll I, 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 yeah, I, I, I'd buy it. Now, yeah. on these older engines, what, what? So, what type of valves? What is the valve setup? I mean, you know, you have the rock arm, but you know, you have hydraulic valves, and then you have the older style. What yeah, the, would the, be? these were hydraulic valves. These weren't. These weren't. These weren't mechanical lifters. So, yeah. So, if I was going to change the seals, because I noticed some. You know, a little bit of oil on some cylinders, but let's say the seals are the one thing that crack and it leaks. Yeah, the the valve, you mean the valve cover gaskets? Yeah, no, no, oh. the actual seals. I pulled the valve covers off okay. and depressed the spring, and there's like a usually a little yep. rubber seal yep. sitting yep. on top mm-hmm. of the stem, and you, you inflate the yep. engine with yep. the air. Yep. yep. When you set the, when you reset that valve, when you have to bring it up to the uh, the top. There, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a setting for it, and it's usually zero clearance plus a little. So you'd you'd have to look it up and see exactly what it is. But usually, what happens is what you're doing is you tighten up as you go to as you go to tick 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 tick, and then you make yeah. it so the noise goes away if you're adjusting it with right. the engine running, or you can or you can adjust it with the engine off. But um, but either way, you're not. You don't want to over tighten it because then if you do, the valves don't close all the way. And if you don't, and right. if you under tighten it, the the engine's going to be noisy. And it, but what you're doing is you're really kind of inside the valve lifter. It's a it's a it's a multi part piece. So what you want to do is where the valve lifter rubs on the camshaft is one part, but where the push rod sits into the valve lifter, you want to set that inside of the valve lifter so it's inside the, the the valve part is in the body of the lifter. So if it's too loose, it's not going to be right. And if it's too tight, it's not going to be right. And so there's a specific adjustment on how to do that. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So you just take it out the lash yeah. and then yeah. maybe yeah. a quarter yeah. half turn. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and there's a certain, again, a certain specification. Yeah. What, I, what I would also do, too, is if you are going to replace the valve guide seals, I would um, try to get what's referred to as umbrella seals. So it, rather than a rather than just a little um, O-ring type seal, it's actually it looks like a cup. So it sits yeah. down, yeah. So it sits down past the top of where the uh, valve boss is, where the valve comes through the cylinder head, and then it makes a better, tighter seal. Oh, I see. Yeah, so, yeah. so the oil doesn't get because chances are if. The valve seals are dried out, which they are. There's also yeah. probably a little bit of wear on the in, on the valve guides. So what that does, the, this type of umbrella seal makes up for that little bit of wear. Nice to back that up. Yeah. After the yeah. Wear. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just figured I'd make pull the covers and just take a look up there, and if they're very brittle or something. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, does it does it smoke when you first start it up? No, but I noticed just a little bit of. Prevailing, uh, not nothing you could really see. I mean, if you really went up and you got to stare at it, yeah. you know, you can see on one side a little. Mm. Is you know, not doesn't. It, it's hard to tell because you. Go, I haven't really ran it much, but I was just thinking about it. I pulled the seals and then yeah. just uh, not the seals, but took a look and see if they were really dried out. They might be pretty brittle. That'd be the you know a first step. It's easier than you know pulling the heads or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. I I would. I mean, if if anything, I would. Uh, I would. I would let it. You know, I would drive it a little bit first and see what happens because it, has it mm. been sitting for a little while? Uh, not a, not a lot no. of use, but not sitting. It's okay. actually was you know somebody used to kind of off road, but not you know okay. not as a really drive it. Okay. So, you yeah, know. yeah. Then yeah, you know, drive it a little bit, see see how it is, and then then if you decide to do uh, valve guide seals, we'll do valve guide seals. That's not you know. Nope. 
Okay. 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 Yeah. All thank right. you. All right. Thanks. Have Tom. a good weekend. Bye bye. Bye bye. Let's go over to I believe Rick. Rick, is that you? Yes, that's me. Okay, just checking. Okay, uh, quick comment then. I got a serious, serious question to, to right. go with you All for right. your opinion. Okay. Uh, I am definitely in favor of the inspections because a long time ago I ended up in the emergency room because the car taillights weren't working right. Oh, okay. So I, I, I do appreciate when, that, and I still it bugs me when I am behind a vehicle and I, I see the brake lights and that aren't working. Yeah, I can. I, yeah, it's 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 never a good thing when when people when the equipment itself just isn't working. Whether it's you know like I said, whether it's a, a you know every once in a while you still see somebody by the side of the road and the lower ball joints separated and the wheels kind of laying up inside the control arm. You know that's you know that's a car that that didn't get inspected properly. So. Well, actually, I had a work truck that uh, I was pulling in to park it on the side of the street, and the uh, tie rod broke and. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's as far as it went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now here, here's here's the question. I tell people that you know a motorcycle has several safety advantages over a car, and I, I want your opinion on this. One, the typical motorcycle compared to the typical car can out accelerate, out brake, and out maneuver, especially at low speeds, a car. Absolutely, Is I it? agree with that. Uh, two. Um, a motorcycle, and I know you'll agree with this one, will fit through any hole that no car could fit through. Unless you're, you gotta, unless you're a stunt driver and you can flip it up on two wheels. But, yeah. 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 Even then, I, I, yeah. you, you yeah. can't do yeah. that. Yeah. And, that. And three, the biggest safety factor is that, um, well, actually, yeah, uh, another one, that you, you have a lot more visibility. Yeah, as far as you can see more, the driver of a motorcycle can see more what's going on around him than a car driver can. Yeah, I mean that's true. The the the, other, the thing where motorcycles don't do quite as well is there's no such thing as a minor motorcycle crash. Yeah, and and yeah. that's that's number four is yeah. that the uh, the operator of the motorcycle, assuming he has a brain, realize that if there's any accident, he's coming in second place. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Even if it's uh, you know even if it's something pretty minor, you know it's still you don't have that cage around you, so that can that can be, and you don't have seat belts and. And you don't have airbags. Well, I think BMW has an airbag now. But besides that. Well, actually, you know, they do have airbags for motorcycle jackets. Yeah, well, that's true. I saw, I saw that somewhere, too. But, um, but yeah, if you're, if you're, you know, even if you're dressed properly, if you're in the right, the right clothes, you know, every once in a while you see somebody out and they're on a motorcycle and their shorts and, you know, a tank top and flip-flops on, you know, that's not the, that's not the right, that's not the right clothes to be wearing, especially if you think about the bad things that could happen. Oh, yeah. You know, I've, uh, you know, when I was working, you know, I'd run into a lot of college kids because I worked in a college area, mm-hmm. and they'd be on these Vespas and that type of vehicles with uh, a short skirt or shorts and, you know, I, you know, I, you know, no gloves on. I say, hey, if you go down, what's the first thing you going to do? Put your hands out. Yeah, yeah. Put gloves on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they're too hot. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good idea to protect yourself. But no, you, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with anything. Motorcycles can, you're right, can out accelerate. Typically, if you know what you're doing, they can out break a car from say, you know, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty miles an hour. Out, out, certainly out maneuver and out handle a car, which is why. Um, you know, even 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 on you know made up TV and movies, you know the motorcycle always outhandles the car. Yeah. 
Yep. No, I agree with you. So unless, of course, unless, of course, you got James Bond or somebody that's driving right. the that's car. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, then then you have to remember that everything's on a trailer and nothing's real. So. <laughs> All right, Rick. Okay. All right. Take have care. Have a good one, Dan. Yep. Bye-bye yeah. now. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us about your car and your car problems. If you want the four tickets to the Heritage Museum and Gardens, all you have to do is call up at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And, uh, and you, but you have to pick them up at the radio station. I'll tell you why in just a little bit. Um, before we take the next break, Karen's getting all her stuff all together. And Johnny Costello must be doing a remote today. That must be because I saw him. He's in his WROL shirt. He grabbed the remote package, and I saw him leaving the leaving the remote truck. So, um, so he's he's on his way. Um, why don't we do, why don't we do the car review now? Well, Karen's getting ready. Um, the car that got me around, uh, and I didn't have time to read this last week, and somebody emailed me and said, hey, whatever happened to the car review? It was the Lincoln Continental is back as a completely new car. The latest Lincoln is loaded with the latest high-tech features and is available in four trim levels as well as all-wheel drive. There are three engine choices, a 3.7-liter V6, 2.7-liter twin-turbocharged V6, and the most powerful, a 3-liter, 400-horsepower Twin turbocharged V6. All models of Continental use a six-speed automatic transmission, and this Lincoln flagship can be configured in front or all-wheel drive. Our test drive was in the reserve edition of the Continental, powered by the three-liter engine, powering all four wheels. On the road, this latest Lincoln is very smooth. It's enhanced by the ride is enhanced by a very sophisticated electronic suspension system. The electronics are adjustable and give the driver a choice of three settings: comfort, normal, and sport. Adaptive steer, steering and suspension setups to tailor the ride and handling. It's a, it's a pretty neat system. Continually controlled uh, dampening helps isolate uh, the Continental from road imperfections, while adaptive steering technology improves steering efficiency and effort. The result is a smooth riding Lincoln that handles extremely well. The 400-horsepower V6 engine is smooth, powerful, and reasonably fuel-efficient. During my time with the Continental, I averaged just about 22 miles per gallon. Not bad for a big car with a 400-horsepower power engine. The Continental is loaded with technology. There's pre-collision and pedestrian detection that uses radar and camera technology to scan the roadway ahead. And if a collision is imminent, the driver is notified with a warning. If the driver fails to respond in time, the automatic braking system can apply full force braking. Like many luxury cars, this uh, one uses advanced cruise control that speeds up or slows down depending on traffic, and it helps take the stress out of parking. It can park itself. But you need to have, do a little work. You have to apply the gas and apply the brake. And the car does all the steering. The system was able to uh, park in a tight spot that I wouldn't have normally chosen. Speaking, uh, seating is for five, and the seats are some of the most comfortable I've sat in. But there's almost too many. I think there's 30 choices in the seat adjustments. It's just too many. Um, but once you find the adjustment fits you, the seats are very supportive and comfortable. And there's a memory feature, so the key fob is tied into three different memory settings. So depending on who's driving... It can, it can, uh, it'll preset it as you get in. Lincoln calls the latest Continental quiet luxury, and I really can't disagree. The ride is smooth, the cabin trimmed in high-quality materials, and the engine delivers almost silent performance. If you're looking for a large luxury sedan, uh, there's very little about the newest Continental not to like. Uh, prices tested, just about $71,000. The engine, again, was a twin-turbocharged V6, making 400 horsepower. And miles per gallon, 16 city, 24 highway. So 
Lincoln, Lincoln Continental. Why don't we take another break? When we come back, we're going to be talking to George Kennedy, George Kennedy, buddy of mine, and uh, he has a, he had a couple things going on worth talking about. This is the Car Doctor program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Austin. WROL's long-awaited 50th birthday celebration will take place Saturday, September 23rd from 2 to 8 p.m. at our Marina Bay Studios. Bands, bars, food, vendors, and loads of fun both outside in our entire parking lot and inside at the neighboring sports complex. We'll have tours of the studios. You can see where we broadcast live as we broadcast live, like we've been doing for the past 50 years. And six hours of live Irish bands, Margaret Dalton and Aaron's Melody, the Silver Spears, Jeffrey, Pauline Wells, the Fenian Sons, the band Ireland, all helping us celebrate 50 years serving the Irish community and celebrating with Irish music from artists you know and love so well. We'll even have a special 4 o'clock mass in our studios. We know the Boston Irish and Irish American community have you covered. And to be part of this giant celebration as a vendor or sponsor, call us at 617-691-2526. The crack will be mighty Saturday, September 23rd, 2 to 8 p.m. Save the date. Giant tire savings continue at your local Sullivan Tire and Auto Service. All tires on sale. Plus, buy three and get the fourth tire absolutely free on all Goodyear and Kelly tires now through September 17th. Save an additional $120 on select Goodyear tires by rebate. Remember, our ASC technicians are the best in the business and will keep your vehicle running right all season long. Huge tire savings and top flight maintenance. Check out our new website, SullivanTire.com, where it's now easier than ever to find your tires online and make service appointments. SullivanTire.com. Toyota is the best-selling car brand in 49 countries all over the world. That's leaps and bounds ahead of the nearest competition, but you probably already knew that. What you do need to know is, where is the best place to buy the best-selling cars? Look no further than Atlantic Toyota on the Lingway and Lynn. Used or new, truck or compact, sporty or family. Atlantic Toyota and Lynn has the largest selection of vehicles at the lowest prices. With a large Spanish-speaking staff, they will work with any credit situation. Mention the Car Doctor on WROL, and you will get $500 off a new car purchase. With all new car purchases, enjoy Atlantic Toyota on the Linway's infamous two-year maintenance plan for free. Stop by Atlantic Toyota on the Linway or call 866-676-4000 in Lynn and bring the whole family. They have a great play area for the kids. Atlantic Toyota and Lynn, the number one place to buy the number one car. Visit online at AtlanticToyota.com to see their inventory and specials. This offer cannot be combined with other offers and discounts. If you're listening right now, you must like us. This is Bob Brooks. Join our fan club and let us thank you for listening to us by giving you special offers. Find out what they are by joining today at WROLradio.com.
listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Remember, if you are shopping for a Toyota, go to Atlantic Toyota, and if you mention the Car Doctor, you'll save $500. But you can't combine it with anything else because because that's the rules. That's how it is. Uh, but, you know, go up there, check them out. Uh, Atlantic Toyota right on the Linway in Lynn. Well, with us on the phone is George Kennedy. You may know George is an auto writer for the Boston Globe, which if you were waiting for the Boston Globe this morning, I don't know where it is. Apparently, the Boston Globe is now being printed in Taunton somewhere, and it was supposed to be printed with these state-of-the-art presses, which apparently don't work very well. Um, But I stopped to get the Globe this morning, like I usually do, just to see if I'm in it, and I noticed it wasn't there. And when I came into the radio station, uh, sometimes the Globe is sitting on the uh, security desk downstairs, wasn't there either, so... Um, so if you're looking for the globe, I don't know where it is. And I remember last week when I was um, when I was uh, d- uh, down the Cape for the uh, Labor Day weekend, the globe wasn't delivered either. So they were having problems down there with it as well. Anyway, back to back to George. Um, so George is a writer for the Boston Globe, Car Gurus, and some other publications. He's a pretty knowledgeable guy, and now an auto auto racer, sort of. Um, George, good morning, and welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Howdy, happy to be back. Hey, uh, so what do you got going on at the uh, Lars Anderson? Well, knowledgeable might be a stretch because I got looped into to being part of a lemons race, which I don't know if your listeners know, but it's basically a, a racing series for clunker cars. And uh, we, you know, out of a bunch of cars, like a couple hundred, we came out in, you know, the top 15th. So we uh, decided we would share our story about putting a Buick racing amongst BMWs and Porsches and stuff like that. Because that, a, a Buick is a race car, after all. I mean, we 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 stress the definition for sure. <laughs> uh, so, um, and the uh, the Lemons race, and a couple of years ago, I had the uh, one of the founders of the Lemons race on the show. But uh, just to remind everybody, it's a very limited budget race, right? That's right. The car can't cost more than five hundred dollars. Um, you you do get unlimited budget for safety stuff, so roll cage, uh, fuel cell, brakes, tires, wheels, stuff like that. But really, at its core, the car has to be kind of a piece of crap. Um, and that's sort of where it starts and ends. And you know, your your own mechanical prowess sort of dictates how weird or normal of a car you end up going with. Now, in professional racing, there's always a crew chief and pit crew. Uh, what did you guys have? Everyone was everything. So, you know, you went from, we, there were four of us, uh, one being Camille Kaluski, who you know, and yep. the other being uh, Andrew Lawton, and then uh, another guy, Rafa. You know, anybody who wasn't driving was crew. Okay. Uh, luckily for, this, so this is the first time I'd ever done it, but luckily these guys have been racing this car for a couple of years. So they sort of had a lot of the uh, the problems worked out with this vehicle. And as I recall, this Buick may have been the one, the rear spoiler at one time was a park bench. So that was, uh, no, well, it's, it's, so it's park bench racing. And so the, the, the whole rear spoiler on it is a wrought iron rear bench. So just to give you an idea of 
how far we're not looking at like shaving every last uh, ounce away. But the front lip on it was the rear spoiler on a Pontiac Grand Prix GTP. Oh. It was riveted on. So that, that was my project uh, when we were getting the car ready. And, um, well, the good news is you didn't die, which... Um, I mean, I'm here. Yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, and this is a and and this isn't a parking lot race. This is a real race, right? No, this was done at uh, New Jersey Motorsport Park. So this is like a, like a truck. What what I'd say is this: it's it's a just to be doing one of these races, like a dress rehearsal, uh, a walkthrough of a real endurance Grand Prix race, where you have to get your your pit times right, and you have to sort of. Everything's pretty serious. In order to be in the pit, you have to wear a full flame suit, stuff like that. You know, it's it's got a fire suppression system. Um, like I said, it's got a fuel cell. It's got a hands device, so the the, the stuff that make NASCAR drivers mm-hmm. wear. So it's you know, all of this is pretty pretty serious kind of racing. Except for the car, which is a five hundred dollar clunker. Exactly. Yeah. And in one case, one of the competing cars was. Uh, a Suzuki X90 converted into a hot dog cart. So, you know, the cars themselves are strange, and frankly, the weirder the better, because part of the story was that the first day, the first day that I ever partook in racing, it was a deluge. It was that uh, hurricane or that uh, nor'easter in uh, in June in down in Jersey. Mm. So that was, that was the first time I had partook in, like, in full, full, uh, full grid racing where – you really can't see the people around you. You just kind of have to sense that they're there. So did you bring any of your previous racing skill with you to this event? Well, you know, my previous racing skill extended to, you know, as being a journalist, you sometimes get brought on first drives and they take you to the track and you do lead follow. Um, and then I also did um, Skip Barber Open Wheel, uh, the three-day program. Okay. But all they, all they teach you to do is master the car. They really don't teach you about, you know, this is not, this is no shot against Skip Arbor. This is you know, something you just learn by being out in the the grid. You don't really know what it's all about until you're out there, you know, with 200 other cars and you're you're smelling them and hearing them, you know, in order to try and tell where they are on the on the grid. And back to the you know pit crew and all of that. Um, you're also a sailor. Did you take any of your? Uh, I mean, you got to work as a team when you're when you're on a sailboat. Did you take any of that with you to this? Well, I would say that, uh, you know, any good picture guy knows when I throw the towel. And I, I camped out in the infield for two nights, and then I woke up in a, a moat around my tent, and I said that was it. And I got a hotel room. So, I would, you know, the closest thing I had to that is saying that I, I, knew, when, I knew when enough was enough, enough in terms of enough. dealing yeah. with the, the, yeah. the wet. There you go. There you go. But uh, so you've done these motormouth series before at Lars Anderson. When's this one going to be? It's September 21st at 7 p.m. Uh, it's $20 at the door, and there is a bar in there. So, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for everybody. <laughs> so, uh, and, and drinking's permitted while you're talking? I'm going to need it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, we're going to have three of the crew there. Uh, we're going to have Camille. We're going to have Andrew. And then we're also going to have uh, this guy, um, uh, Justin Tilton, who basically races everything. He does drag racing. He does dirt track racing. You know, he does little rascals. Like, you name it, he races it. So, we're, uh, you know, it's not just about lemons that night. But I, the, the whole gist is, if you know, if you are into cars, 
you've thought about racing, you know, it's crossed your mind, whether it's serious or not, this is a night to learn about what it takes to cross that threshold and actually start to get into it. So this could be somebody who spent, who spends their spare cash at uh, F1 Boston and they enjoy the competitiveness of go-karting, but they're like, you know what? I really want to do it in a car. This is kind of the next step. Right. And, you know, if you're tired of getting, you know, whacked for uh, for bumping into cars at F1 Boston, you can get black flags for bumping into cars, uh, you know, in a real race series. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, so- it, sounds, it sounds like fun. At any point, did you ever think you were going to die? I'll tell you what, the first five minutes of being out there in the full grid where – and I, I, should, I should remind you that, like, being this series what it is, there was no – none of the cars had headlights. Mm-hmm. So on every stretch of – on every big stretch, I had to, like, look in the rear view to get a sense of who was far behind me. It was just blobs of gray. I never thought I was going to die, but I was convinced I was going to make contact with somebody and – all damn day for two hours straight on Saturday. My stint two out of eight hours didn't happen once. Sunday got black flagged twice, but that's a yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, uh, it's a, it sounds like a really good time, and anyone I've ever talked to says they really enjoy this. And you can see some of these um, some of these lemons races on YouTube, probably. You can see them on YouTube, I believe that's right. Yeah, if you just type in lemons and like lemon like the the fruit, not a, yeah, yeah, like the thing. You, yeah. The car that you got to return. Yep. Uh, you'll you'll see some uh, some rather uh, colorful racing. Yeah. And and the and the idea of this, I mean, the original name didn't it come from like the twenty four hours of lemons, as you know, opposed to the twenty four hours of Le Mans. So it originates from the twenty four hours of Le Mans, but it's a play on words with the term lemon. You know, we got the yep. lemon law in the yep. Um The irony being that not every state has a lemon law, so the joke doesn't land as well. Yeah. And they did this up in New Hampshire a couple of years ago too, right? That's right. As a matter of fact, I you know I think these guys were trying to get the car ready for New Hampshire too. Yeah. Um, that road course up there is kind of hairy. You go from the uh, the RV course back down onto the track. Um, I, that would have been something I would have loved to try out. I think maybe next year. Well, yeah, I mean that's where you have that superior handling of that Buick. You know, not every car can handle like a Buick, for <laughs> better right. or for worse. That's right. Hey, George, uh, one more time, uh, date and location of the event. Sure. Uh, it's called Motormouth. It's at the uh, Lars Anderson Auto Museum, and it's September 21st at 7 p.m. And you know the phone number of the Lars Anderson off your head, off the top of your head? Uh, no, but if you go to LarsAnderson.org, you can find out everything you need. It's 15 Newton Street in Brookline. There you go. I don't know it either. I think it's 522-something. But Yeah, I Yeah. what kind of question is that? I know. I know. You know, <laughs> you know. Uh, and if people want to read your stuff and see your stuff, where can they go? Uh, they can go to Boston.com, U.S. News and World Report, uh, and CarGurus.com. There you go. George, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday morning to join us up here in Boston. Talk to you soon. John Paul, pleasure as always. All right. Thank you, George. Uh, we're going to take a break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. We'll be right back.
this is Paul Sullivan of the Sullivan Tire Company. And for over 50 years, my family and I have been listening to the Irish Hour. Going back to the days of Patrick McDonough, John Latchford, and of course today, Paul Sullivan, no relation, Matt O'Donnell and Bill Bailey. We just love the tunes, and it harkens back of great memories of the great culture, the great people, the great personality that embodies the Irish spirit. In celebration of WROL's Irish Hit Parade and the Feast of Irish Music, their 50th anniversary, we would like to offer a lucky listener and their guest a seven-night trip for two, including airfare, hotel, Irish breakfast, car, unlimited mileage, and passes into the most historical places in Ireland. But first, you have to do something. We invite you to sing or play your favorite Irish song for us. This isn't for professional singers and musicians. This is for everybody who loved the music that you hear each and every Saturday. You can submit your song by calling WROL Hotline at 617-691-2534. Let me give you that again. 617-691-2534 or posting your audio clip on the WROL Facebook page. WROL will play the submissions over the year, and then all of you listeners get to vote. Of course, the top three that get the most votes will perform live on Saturday, September 23rd, at the ROL anniversary party at Marina Bay, and one lucky winner will be going to Wyland. So let the fun begin. Good luck to all. And remember, when that music is on, everybody has a good voice. We're all busy, but our health comes first. I've got this mammogram scheduled. When is your colonoscopy? Screening increases the chances of detecting certain cancers early when treatment can be most effective. Make time to schedule your screening appointment now. Hello, I'm Congressman Jim McGovern. Talk to a doctor about your risk factors to determine what screenings are best for you. Make your appointment today and keep it. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. I still have these four tickets to the Heritage Museum and Gardens, and they're good till October 9th, but you have to come to the studio to pick them up because I don't think I would be able to get them to you in time. So, and here's the reason. Okay. Um, About a month and a half ago, I bought a mobile home in Florida. And I was going to go down and visit it this week because I haven't really seen it much. I, I, it's not that I saw it sight unseen. I just didn't. I, I walked around it and um, and went inside of it quickly and bought it. And my wife and I were going to go down and we got some really inexpensive airfare on JetBlue. And we were going to go down right after the show today. We had a 2 o'clock flight. 
So we figured we'd leave, leave here and zip over to the airport, have a nice leisurely ride down to uh, Fort Myers, and then uh, go rent a car and go there. And uh, actually, because it hasn't been occupied for about a year, uh, we were going to actually go in there, spray some bug bombs all over the place, and then uh, go stay in a hotel for the night. And then go back the next morning and, and kind of see what we got and see what we need to do with it and all that. Well, and then Hurricane Irma came. And obviously you can't get into Florida right now. So JetBlue moved my flight till Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. And I'm still not even sure that's going to go through. And then I don't know that I'm going to have anything to see when I get there. Although I've heard... I, um, I, I've heard many people have been praying for me. Thank you for that. Um, the, um, the, the other issue is because I just bought it and it's, it's older, it has no insurance. So, <laughs> so I have, uh, so if it blows away, um, I'm kind of in trouble. Now it's been there since the 1970s. So it's, it's, it's gone through. Hurricane Andrew and Hurricane something or other and Hurricane Matthew and all the alphabet hurricanes. So um, I'm hoping it's still going to be there. I'm hoping, and it's in it's in a town called Englewood, Florida. So listeners, if you've ever heard of Englewood, Florida, um, you know, let me know. Let me know what you think. Um, but uh, but anyway, so that's that's uh, so I may not be back. So my plan is I'm not going to be at work, so I can't mail out these tickets. Um, and, uh, and so you, I'll leave them in an envelope here and you can pick them up at the front desk. And, um, and the, uh, and, uh, in theory, if I do make it to Florida, I'm supposed to come back Sunday night. So I, if, if, uh, all things work the way they're supposed to and life is recovers quickly in Florida, I'll be doing a program from there. If it isn't, um, well, you may hear this program, this very program next week. I don't know. <laughs> so we don't we don't really know what's going on at this point. So uh, because I, I generally never, the only time I've ever missed, any time I've ever missed the program, I think I was actually literally out of the country. I think I was, I think I was away from my uh, 40th wedding anniversary. And I think that's about the only time I've ever actually missed the program. So, uh, so I'm usually pretty good about trying to make sure that, um, that, uh, I get, I get, you know, I'm here to be able to do the, do what I need to do. So anyway, so that's my story, uh, just so people know what's going on. And, um, and if you, if you know Mother Nature personally, um, you know, put in a good word for Englewood, Florida, and in fact, all the rest of Florida. I'm just being a little selfish, but the entire rest of Florida. I was looking at a webcam in Miami. It looks like the winds are starting to whip up, and it's starting to rain, so they're starting to feel some of the, the uh, first effects uh, of the storm. So so be if you know people down there, have positive thoughts for everybody, uh, whether you're there or you're a homeowner there or property owner or um, even like the uh, people that – provide press cars down in Florida, um, those, even, even that, um, I'm, you know, I'm concerned about their crew and those folks down at, uh, Prestige, uh, who, who does the press, press car groups down there, as well as the, the, some of the other people I know in Florida. 
Well, Hyundai finally confirmed they're actually going to do a pickup truck for the United States. Uh, Hyundai confirmed it will uh, it will launch a pickup in the U.S. I don't know if it's going to look exactly like the one that uh, the one that was was out there at the auto show a couple of years ago. It was called the Santa Cruz. I kind of hope it does. The Santa Cruz is El Camino ish. Uh, Michael Bryan, the head of corporate and product planning at Hyundai. Uh, told Reuters that the Hyundai top management has given a green light to development of a pickup similar to the show vehicle called the Santa Cruz. Separately, sources have told Automotive News that when a pickup arrives in 2019 and 2020, it'll be smaller and have more of an urban emphasis than the Honda Ridgeline. I like that idea. I like the idea of a small ute sort of pickup. Uh, Hyundai's, uh, Hyundai's pickup is part of a broader plan to shift away from sedans. Hyundai will launch the Kona subcompact crossover in the U.S. this year and plans to launch three other new or freshened crossovers by 2020. Hyundai plans to roll out a new version of its um, Santa Fe Sport midsize crossover next year, followed by a new seven-passenger crossover that will replace the current um, three-row Santa Fe. In 2019, Hyundai U.S. dealers have pushed the company to invest more aggressively in light trucks as the demand for sedans such as a midsize Sonata and smaller Elantra has waned. Although the Sonata is a great value and the Sonata Hybrid is even a better value. And um, the Elantra, great car that can get, you know, almost 40 miles per gallon. So pretty good. Um, Lexus RX, which I've never driven, by the way. I've driven a lot. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. RX. Lexus RX I have driven, but they are tweaking it. A new three-row variant of the RX crossover caught testing in Southern California appears to be close at hand. It's um, The seven-seat RXL is a longer rear overhang, more upright, and uh, to better accommodate riders in the back. So a little more squared off looking. looking. A three-row model should be uh, both uh, a standard 350 and a hybrid 450H, mirroring the versions of the now two-row crossover. I kind of like two-row crossovers. I, you know, I find that the three-row crossovers are are pretty much more vehicle than I need. So the tickets are gone. I'll put Karen in charge of tickets. So uh, 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 thank you to the uh, Heritage Museum and Gardens. It used to be called the Heritage Plantation at one time, but probably political correctness. They can't say the word plantation anymore. So, um, but it is uh, the Heritage uh, Museum and Gardens. Uh, um, was uh, the, most of the funding at one time came from uh, came from uh, the uh, drug industry. So it was uh, Eli Lilly. So Lilly Pharmaceuticals is where most of the funding comes from. And I think they still generously donate to them to keep the museum funded. I met Eli Lilly when I did a talk there a bunch of years ago. Um, it, it you know they I thought I was just going in to talk about cars or something. And they said, oh, by the way, Eli Lilly's here. And I said, who's that? <laughs> and they said, well, have you ever heard of Lilly Pharmaceuticals? I said, well, yeah, I guess I have. Yeah, I guess. And they said, well, he's the guy who owns it. And so multi-billion. So, you know, nothing like talking in front of a billionaire. You know, so. And he was a very nice guy, and his wife was with him. And you know, just uh, just uh, nice things. Uh, Chevy's rival to the Ford Edge, uh, Nissan Murano. Uh, takes shape. The new Chevrolet that will be slotted between the Equinox and the Traverse has been spotted testing alongside a Nissan Murano, a size that the vehicle will be positioned as more of a crossover than an SUV, crossover which is expected to revive the Blazer nameplate from Chevy's past. So let's see. Blazer for Chevy, Bronco for Ford. 
think there's some competition in there. The Blazer is expected to compete directly with the Murano, the Ford Edge, and could offer a third row of seating because everybody's got to have a third row. Uh, two Chevrolet crossover prototypes were photographed uh, testing in different trim levels, one with smaller wheels and uh, dual circular exhaust tips, and the other with uh, larger chrome wheels and lower-profile performance tires, angular exhaust tips molded into the rear fascia. The prototypes reportedly had... Uh, one had a 2.5-liter four-cylinder engine. The other had the 3.6-liter V6. The same one shared in the redesigned Arcadia. The Blazer and Arcadia will have basically the same architecture. Um, yeah, I, you know, everybody's going to drive an SUV. So if you drive a small sedan, you may be in trouble. You're never going to be able to see backing up. You know, you're going to be parked in a parking spot. There's going to be an SUV on one side, an SUV on the other side, and you're you're the only one not going to be in an SUV, so you're not going to be able to see to back up, which is why it, why these things like cross-traffic alert actually works pretty well. Cross-traffic alert, rather than just a backup sensor, it actually shoots a beam of ultrasonic sound, I guess technically, from... Uh, from one end of the car, from one corner of the bumper and the other corner of the bumper. And when it does that, it can actually sense cars and people several cars away. So if you're backing up and it starts to beep and you look back and you don't see anyone, that's because down, you know, could be 100 feet or more, there's a car or a person starting to walk up behind you. So it's kind of a nice thing. Well, I guess there will be a VW microbus. Um Bringing back the iconic, and this comes from uh, Lindsay Chapel, says, bringing back the iconic 1960s-era microbus might seem like a warm and fuzzy nostalgia play, but Volkswagen has something more functional and potentially lucrative up its sleeves than happy memory. VW plans to use the modernized vehicle to put its U.S. dealers into the commercial business, a segment of which the company has grown uh, uh, globally, but not so much here. The ID Buzz confirmed for production here on August 19th will serve two purposes, said Volkswagen's uh, CEO. will give Volkswagen a high-tech electric van with decades of positive goodwill behind it, and it will come with a design flexibility to let dealers upfit it for small business owners. So I guess like Transit Connect and all the other small vans we're starting to see now, uh, Mercedes has one, Dodge has one, or Ram technically has one. So there's a, a bunch of those. Um, the ID the ID Buzz will arrive in 2022 with a Level 3 autonomous uh, drive technology, whatever that means. And I've said this a couple times and to the point where my coworkers are annoyed with me for saying it. Even the vehicle manufacturers can't totally agree on these different levels of vehicle autonomy. Um, so cars that drive themselves. Level one, well, it does a little stuff. Level two, it does a little bit more. Some people think like the Tesla self-driving is level two. Others, others think it's level three. Um, level three is where you have to, in theory, as best I can figure out, is where you have to be prepared to take over when the car can't drive properly anymore. So you're driving down the road. Your hands aren't on the wheel. You're playing canasta with your front seat passenger. I don't even know what canasta is, but you're playing canasta with your front seat passenger. And all of a sudden, the car signals that you need to grab the wheel. That is the stupidest idea ever. Because then what happens is you're not paying attention, and all of a sudden you have to, and it depends on how much warning you get to be able to do that. I just don't think it's a good idea. I think having systems that 
maybe can allow you to take your hands off the wheel for a moment because you just dropped something. Maybe the cars that automatically brake for themselves if you're not paying attention. All of those are good ideas because people are going to take their hands off the wheel anyway. So those systems are good, but a system that you can trust till you can't just doesn't make sense to me. It just it lets people trust it, and then suddenly they don't trust it anymore, and then that's where the troubles start to come in. So, but anyway, you know, so I don't think level three is a good idea. Level four is typically the car will drive itself uh, without any problem within a certain geographical area, and level five is where you set the set the destination, and it can take you from here to California. Um, I don't see that happening because there's a lot of, even though there's testing that's done with all these cameras and systems, you still have to know what the roads are. And even though if the road changes dramatically, there's going to be some issues. So there's a lot of other parts and pieces to that. But anyway, so they're saying it's going to come with level three autonomy. Um, it's quite, a, according to them, it's quite an opportunity for the for the commercial business, uh, Volkswagen doesn't participate in the U.S. commercial van market, which is a key profit source for Detroit's automakers and a target for um, for import brands, notably Nissan, for instance. Unlike Nissan, which sells a full-size pickup truck and cargo vans, Volkswagen has no U.S. products to throw into the fight. Fifty years ago, its underpowered and lightweight bus didn't particularly lend itself to rugged American business. Every once in a while, though, I see one that someone actually does use for work. And it always kind of still makes me sort of smile. Volkswagen's early 1960s attempt to introduce a U.S. truck so threatened the domestic auto industry that the United States adopted the famous chicken tax. And the chicken tax is a 25% tariff on imported trucks. The tariffs still complicate product plans for Volkswagen and other truck importers. But Volkswagen has um, has is determined to tackle the commercial segment Um they haven't determined where the ID buzz will be manufactured, which would solve the problem. The automaker's commercial arm will uh, produce the model as it is produced in previous generations since the 1950s. The commercial unit operates a large manufacturing plant in Hanover, Germany, but it's still unclear whether that will build a U.S. version. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, that's why, if you remember the old Subaru Brat, the Subaru Brat had plastic seats in the bed. Well, the plastic seats in the bed were in there to avoid the chicken tax. The original Transit Connect, the Transit Connect, um, the, the one, the shorter-nosed version to the previous generation, came with a set of seats in them, and that they would call it a passenger vehicle. Then they would bring them here to take the seats out, and they'd fly the seats back to Turkey or wherever they were built. Um, and put them in another car and do the same thing over and over again. Well, finally, they decided just to take the seats out and throw them away because it was cheaper to throw them away than it was to make them. And they've sort of worked their way around that right now. So so some, some, things, some things out there that are changing a little bit. So we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see what that's all about. Um, the, there was an article that was in... Fox News, and it says, what do you do if you lock your keys in your car? Well, it says you can dial 911. I don't know if that's such a good idea. Dial 911 if you're in danger. Um, call a tow truck. That makes sense. Get a temporary key. Harder to do than you think. Uh, keep an extra key handy. Makes some sense. But if you're somebody who has, um, if you're somebody who has uh, 
Uh, one, of the, one of the very expensive electronic keys, sometimes having that key available can be a problem. Uh, but most electronic keys also have a regular key. So the regular key is also available. You can get that, and that's a little cheaper than finding the whole electronics one. Um, then, it, then their last suggestion is, well, you can always, you can always um, get a car with keyless entry with push buttons on the door, and then you can always get in. Um, to me, that wasn't really a very helpful article somehow. But, uh, but my suggestion, if, if you lock your keys in your car, um, call a professional so they can uh, so they can uh, do what needs to be done, and don't try it yourself because you'll find out that you can cause a lot of problems and break a lot of things and have a lot of a lot of issues. So let's talk to uh, John. John, let's talk. Let's turn the phones on. John. Yeah, there you go. Oh, can you hear me now? I can. Okay, uh, my girlfriend's a black Civic. Okay. Um, she waxed it, and when she was done, the uh, hood had all these little white starbursts on it, where I assume like little stones that kicked off the paint, yep. and uh, the wax dried in there. Is there a solution for a black car? Is uh, do these black waxes work? And um, do we need to do something to get the old white wax out of all those little crevices before we yeah. wax it? Yeah, you gotta you. Um, if you try to wax over it, I don't think it's going to work. You may have to you may have to wash the car with um, with the, I would try I would try dish detergent first. That usually does a pretty good job of stripping the wax off. So just do the affected area, and um, then you could try afterwards. You could try what's probably happened. It's probably that um, the car has a clear coat glaze over it, and it's probably the clear coat has cracked. And then what it did is when you waxed it, um, the wax actually filled in the cracking on the clear coat. You could you could try a... Um, uh, you could try a wax, or you could try one of the color waxes. Um, but most, you know, I the, um, you know, I I've used some different kinds of waxes. One of them is a kind of a yellow semi-liquid. It doesn't leave the white residue like some other waxes do. That that works okay. Um, I had uh, I had a uh, a car that was. Uh, kind of a greenish color, and I found a greenish wax, and that actually, um, it didn't have, it wouldn't leave that white um, white little bits of stuff around all the trim, and that, that worked okay, too. So, you can you can try all of that, you know, some, you know, I've, I've, I've actually seen a car that was waxed in hot weather once, and the wax dried so hard because of the heat from the sun that it got all this residue built up all over the place and I actually had to take um, I had to take uh, lacquer thinner and wipe wipe off all the surfaces to get the wax off it which which you know was you know kind of on the extreme side just to get wax off so I would try a little bit of um, I would try a little bit of dish detergent and see if that gets the white stuff off and then you know get it all nice and clean again and then try it with either a um, uh, Something that's not a carnauba wax. Carnauba will tend to leave a white residue. So something that's one of these other synthetic polymer type waxes uh, that will, uh, you know, there's even some, there's even some that are kind of a clear, 
uh, wax that will that will kind of do the same thing. So try that. So that might that might. Question. Yep. She also got a re- recall notice on this car about the paint. Um, apparently, there was I don't know, peeling or or something. So, mm-hmm. so I imagine she just takes it into the dealer and they do an evaluation as to whether or not her car has the symptom or not. Yeah, that would that would be phenomenal. Yeah, because you may find that that's that is exactly you know exactly one of the reasons. So. Um, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen the recall notice about the paint. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do a little bit of digging to find out what that's all about. But that if that is if that is the case, and a lot of times it is on the flat surfaces. It is the hood, um, the trunk, and the roof. So uh, usually what happens is it's the uh, it's the it's it's either the the color coat starts to oxidize, and that actually forces the clear coat to start to come off. So you you may be starting to see the very beginning of it. So um, so yeah, be, I guess before you do anything, take it in the dealer and have them look at it. Okay. All right. All right. Good enough. Thanks, John. Yep. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. All kinds of stuff going on in here. Bobby Brooks just popped in, and wonder what's going on. Must be remote somewhere, and of course there's a big the big party coming up here. Uh, I see the flyer. See the flyer. It says here Saturday, September 23rd, from two to eight, right here at Marina Bay in the parking lot and indoors and outdoors, I guess. So six hours of live Irish entertainment on two stages, inside and outside. Wonder where. Wonder if they're going to be. They're going to be out here in the parking lot somewhere. Inside, oh, inside the sportsplex. So that must be the inside, mm-hmm. and the outside must be outs, outside here somewhere. Um, and what else we have going on? So this is September twenty third from two to eight. So oh, if I actually read the rest of it, inside the Marina Bay Sportsplex, uh, six hours of live Irish music uh, on two stages. Uh, Pauline Wells, Devery, Margaret Dalton. A uh, whole bunch of people, D, uh, DJ Sean O'Toole, uh, tours of the studios, vendors, bands, bars, food, fun for the entire family, and it's free. It's free. So um, I'm sure not the food and the booze, but, um, you know, but uh, but the music is free. So, um, you know, it, we've been broadcasting since 1967, Irish music since 1967, and it's a 50th anniversary celebration. So... Come on down to Marina Bay Studio Saturday, September 23rd, uh, from two to eight. I think what I might do is just stay. So when my show's over, I'll just hang out somewhere, and uh, that way, that way I have a place to park. Mm-hmm. So it saves saves all the parking situations. So, so uh, there we go. I could take a helicopter, and that's right, the heliport right over here somewhere. But you can only land one at a time, and I've never been in a helicopter, by the way. Um, Consumer Reports did a story about car, uh, 10 cars proven to get 200,000 miles and beyond. And uh, Jeff Bartlett with Consumer Reports wrote this story. And uh, I don't think he went out on any extremes here. And Jeff's a nice guy. I've met him a couple of times. Um, Toyota Camry, yeah, pretty much changed the oil in Camry, changed the antifreeze. Um, older ones changed the timing belt, and they'll last a long time. Honda Accord, same thing, changed the timing belt at 105,000 miles. On the timing belt ones, changed the oil. Pretty good. Toyota Prius. 
I suppose uh, Toyota Prius is a nice car. Uh, does a lot of good things. Honda CRV, two hundred thousand miles. You see, you see, kind of a something going on here. Toyota Sienna minivan, two hundred thousand miles or more. As minivans go, the Sienna is a sensible choice. Um, but it is very engaging to drive. The Sienna rides comfortably and quiet inside, but handling is lackluster, it says here. Um, it has a lively 3.5-liter V6 engine. The new 8-speed automatic doesn't shift as smoothly as the previous six. Does it shift more and gets better miles per gallon? Honda Civic, again, you can't go wrong. Toyota Corolla, can't go wrong. Toyota 4Runner, just a, a solid truck-type vehicle. And uh, Toyota Highlander. And then finally, the Ford F-150 which um, which is just adds to that, you know, finally, out of that group of vehicles here, a uh, an American vehicle. Well, I mean, is it? I guess the question is, is a Toyota and a Honda an American vehicle? They're made here. So, kind of, I guess. So, I don't know. Um, somebody, somebody emailed me the other day, and they were looking for luxury cars. And they said to me, they were narrowed down between a Mercedes E-Class, a Jaguar XF, an Audi A6, and a Lexus GS. And I said to them, you know, they're all good choices. You can't go wrong. This guy's um, uh, height-wise, he's, um, he's probably six feet tall, so the GS might feel a little cramped for him. The Mercedes E-Class mid-sized car. He was driving a he was driving actually a Ford Taurus before that. I said, you know, you may find some of these cars may feel a little smaller than what you're used to. And then the one that wasn't on his list, I said to him, for about the same money, you might want to look at the Genesis G90. And he said, oh, Genesis, what's that? And I said, well, it's kind of a Hyundai. Uh, Hyundai. And I said, well, it's their new upscale line. I said, it's actually an all-wheel drive Hyundai Equus, which was their really top-of-the-line vehicle. And I said he, he wanted technology. He wanted a lot of technology, which the Genesis can give him. Um, and I think Genesis, comparatively, is got more features in it and more car, and physically more car, than the ones in the list uh, the new XF, the new Jaguar XF, I think, is a pretty good choice. But, um, but still, it's one of those things that uh, you have to you have to see see what's see what's going out there. Um, two two things about stores calling it quits. Two thirds of the uh, smart U.S. stores call it quit. Micro brand, uh, micro car brand to be left with 27 outlets. Uh, more than two-thirds of the U.S. smart retail outlets have opted to stop selling the Daimler uh, microcar brand offering uh, uh, after it's uh, switched to only electric vehicles. The shakeout will leave the smart with just 27 dealerships, fewer than even Lamborghini or Lotus. I don't even know where there is a Lotus dealer. Um, Mercedes-Benz USA, which distributes Smart to the U.S. ass deal, which is aside by the end of June, whether it continues selling the Smart for two, the brand's sole nameplate of the uh, Smart's 85 outlets, 27 said they would re remain, while 58 said they would move to uh, service-only operation. The 27 remaining dealerships are largely concentrated in states with zero-emission vehicle mandates. I'm sure we'll probably see it here. Um, and the big disappointment for me, if you're a South Shore, Bristol County uh, resident, is Benny's. The little department store, Benny's, is going to close all its stores. And 
having our having a cottage in Dennisport, Benny's is the only game in town. That's where I go for paint. That's where I go for screws. That's where I go for I don't know lighter fluid, fire starters, um, kitchen doodads, all that sort of stuff. And it's it's sad to see a a, a store like Benny's that's been around for years and years and years um, just suddenly decide that it's time for them to wrap it up and uh, and sad for the 700 employees they have too. So anyway, hey, look, Paul Sullivan's in the studio. Apparently, you're the only one not doing a remote today. Well, I'm actually the um the, uh, I'll be the management of the remote. Management of the yes. remote. Yes. Yeah. I was looking for the right word. You yeah. can tell that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could. I, I was going to say, I was going to say host producer of the remote. So, um, the remote is in real good hands. I just passed Bobby Brooks. Yep. Um, because he was here because Costello forgot something that he needed for the remote, and hey. so Bobby had to come in. Well, I thought he had a whole bag of. Uh, uh, I don't know. Apparently, the whole bag was missing one of the key ingredients. Was it? Well. Yeah, headphones. You headphones, need, yeah. Well, it's radio. You need headphones. <laughs> Only just to hear. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? I I think uh, the rooster could have um, could have figured it out. He, he could have figured it out. Yeah. Something. Yeah. 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 He he would. But, but he did. Yeah. He could have. He could. You know, coffee. You know, coffee cup with long string plugged yeah, into something. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but, um, Bastions and Benny's are both gone. Bastions is uh, yeah. Bastions after fifty-two years. Yeah, her, Mrs. Bastion Mrs. Uh, retired. Uh, huh? Sold it well. She didn't really sell the business. She sort of let the business just sort of fade away. Um, and uh, it's now called the Beach Shack. Same stuff. Um, you get the best in flotation devices. You can and get the best in flotation devices. And... It's brighter in there. It's okay. cleaner in there. I haven't it's, been on there in a while. Yeah, obviously. it's um, well, you if you if you were in Bastions forty five years ago and two I years was, ago, and, <laughs> I and, think and, I was, and, and two years ago, exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, I know. In fact, the that, same. That was the, a charm. Yeah, of it. the same stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, same cap guns. Uh, you know. Yep. Same, same. Same. Yeah. Wooden doodads. Yep. Yeah. I and, love that place. It, no, it was. It's, it's, uh, it screams Cape Cod. Yeah. It screams the, Yeah. And, and the family, the family who was there, just said, you know, it's time, it's time to let it go. They tried to sell it as a package. I think they ended up just selling all the stuff in it. And the guy who actually owns the little plaza, his name is Carl something right and uh he decided he was going to try to take it over and uh dress it up and he did a lot of work inside to it and uh and he uh, uh another beach store wings which is a friend yeah, yeah yeah wings yeah. went out of business so i think he bought a really? lot of their wings he bought a lot of their wing stuff and brought it there and and he, he brought a lot of he, there's a, it's a it's a neat little store to walk through now i hope i hope he's did well for the summer and uh, um you know i think it's uh well, I, I have a picture of myself and my brother, and I must have been maybe three years old at the time, on uh, Blueberry Lane, oh, yeah. which is right yeah, yeah, you know, within yeah, walking yeah. distance there. So Bash, I was in Bastions yeah. in 1958 or yeah, 9. Yeah, so, and yeah. you're right. Same, the same. Same, same wooden counters. Well, with the, the restaurant on the corner changed about eight times. Yeah, you yeah. Know, there's Pizza and, Shack, Leaning yeah, Tower, yeah. And a whole bunch of other yeah, things. Yeah, it's, it's the Sand Dollar now, which has changed owners a couple of times and it's kind of funny talking to carl who owns the building uh he used to rent the building across the street for kind of a, a junk shop sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah. and uh he said he said to me wasn't uh, that rum runners cafe or no that was that was a, which is now the cleat and anchor okay uh, the guy who owned rum runners for 30 years finally decided to sell it as well yeah but um but the bar on the corner he um i said to him are you concerned about you know your tenants and whatever because this was a big investment for him and he's and he said 
He said, the only one I'm not worried about is the, the restaurant. And I said, how come? He said, everybody wants to own a bar. Yeah. And he said, yeah. not everybody wants to own a deli. Not yeah. everybody wants to own, you know, uh, a beach store. Not everybody wants to own a mini golf course. Yep. But he said, everybody wants to own a bar. Wolfie's still there? Yep. Uh, different owners, but same name. And, uh, Love that place, and, too. And a line out in front in the morning to yeah. get muffins. Yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. great. So you get your muffins at Wolfie's. Yeah. You get your beach sandwiches at... Um, Bandera store, which is the deli right in the same corner with, uh, with. Um, what about the pit stop? Is that still there? Pit stop. Or one stop? One stop. <laughs> I one stop. stop. One yeah. stop. One stop. Still there. Okay. But but uh, but Bandera's I have a connection with because uh, Kenny and Dolly Bandera live on my street. Cool. So, so I go down there and I, I I feel a little guilty. I've probably spent six dollars there this year <laughs> uh, on yeah. on on coffee and tea and and I hang around I hang around there sometimes. Not like not like the regulars that get there at seven a.m. Yeah. Sometimes I stumble in there at eight thirty or so. Well, and, oh, well and, a good Shadhole Road uh, talk. Yeah, today exactly. exactly on, you yeah. know, because it's time for the Irish hip. Is it really? It really is. All right, and we're remoting from the uh, uh, City so, of Boston Credit Union. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. I, I've been there before. I like going there. Yep. It's uniquely, uniquely Boston. It, it is uniquely Boston, even if it's in Canton. Absolutely, right? Because they're they're in Boston too. They are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Great people. Anyway, Carla McCarran's the best. Yeah. And let's let's uh, let's get away, get out of here and let all the Irish guys do their job. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and uh, uh, good thoughts for the people in Florida. Talk mm-hmm. to you all next week. Bye bye. W-R-O-L Boston, the spirit of Boston. A service of Salem Media Group. Places where we used to meet, we go together. Step by step, my shoes and your feet, we go together. Just like we're standing in the street. What good is sugar if you have no tea? What good are you if you don't have me? We go together. That old feeling we used to get Even feels better There was a girl who made me forget The day I met her Just like the tears of a baby's eyes Just like the stars up in the 